Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I have the privilege of having Dr. Jay Wrigley on our show today. He's a functional medicine doctor. We just talked about functional medicine on our last podcast with uh, Dr. Courtney Sanfelice. So you guys are very familiar with functional medicine. And specifically what we're going to be talking about today is women's hormones and weight loss. Very, very important subject. I get so many questions about this at the pharmacy all the time. Um, he's got a, Dr. Wrigley has a special hormone op- optimization diet that we're going to be discussing. And without further ado, Dr. Wrigley, welcome to our show. Thanks, Sean. Glad to be here. Yeah. So go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit and, and tell us how you got into functional medicine. There's usually always a story behind that. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, so my name is Dr. Jay Wrigley, and uh, I've been a practicing physician for about 25 years now. Um, I, along the journey of like so many doctors, began to find that uh, the the allopathic, what we call approach to healthcare, prescribing medicines to basically remedy symptoms, was missing a lot for you know, for my patients and for, you know, those who are looking to get well as opposed to manage their symptoms. And so I began to, you know, study a little bit on my own. I began to do a lot of traveling. I found that probably the biggest turning point for me was um, spending some time in Southeast Asia, in Thailand and Malaysia and Indonesia and watching uh, a whole different approach to how people are dealt with uh, when they're chronically ill or or any type of having health problems and it was long story short it was just much more of a um we'll say nurturing um to get someone back to health took uh changing the way someone fed themselves and the way that they move and the way that they uh a lot of times breathe and handle take care of their body and um and that that sparked a big interest in me and so i you know kept pursuing, um, looking for knowledge that was outside of this, the toolbox of drugs and surgery, and uh, landed into kind of the middle of functional medicine and, and that training there, which you know really helped me get to, to be able to have, uh, again, I used this term a lot, a bigger toolbox to be able to sit down and help people with, uh, as opposed to prescription pads and things like this. Right. So, yeah. So t- tell us, how do hormones relate to functional medicine? Well, hormones um, are really the, you know, the court that really have everything to do with not only functional medicine, but just body chemistry. So hormones primarily are um, protein molecules that, that, are, that are created and usually created in a certain type of an organ or a gland like your thyroid gland or your pituitary gland or your ovaries or um, adrenals and things like this. And they're chemical messengers that tell the cells, they travel around the body until they find the receptor site that they're looking for and they plug into that cell and they tell that cell what to do. So hormones may be related to um, metabolic rate would be one, Um, sleep patterns, energy levels for sure. keeping the brain chemistry in a balanced state, things with uh, you know, serotonin, melatonin, 
acetylcholine, some of these other neurohormones are keeping your body uh, balanced all the time and sending these messages of how to keep everything in you know, what we call homeostasis, which is a, a nice balanced thing. Uh, we live in a, an environment today that uh, so many things disrupt hormones. Um, we have these things called hormone disruptors that come from processing food and from making plastic um, and from uh, the way cosmetics are formulated. Uh, there's lots of chemicals out there that the human body has not been exposed to except for the last probably 50 years and they're really wreaking havoc. And it particularly shows up a lot of times with women because women are so much more hormone sensitive than men. Um, and, and once you get a hormone problem, uh, you know, that needs to be fixed. And, you know, if a doctor doesn't have an understanding of that, you know, this needs to be worked on and addressed and just tries to do this through symptomatic relief, you know, through medication or something like that, you're never really getting at the root problem, you know, get, getting to the root cause. And therefore, you're going to be at best maybe managing symptoms, but you're not going to be able to turn this thing around and alleviate this problem from the root of where the problem is. So speaking of symptoms, what are some of the symptoms of hormone-related issues in women? Well, you know, that, that's, um, that can be anything from, you know, women are more prone to have thyroid problems. And so uh, if a woman's got an issue with either she cannot get her thyroid hormone into the receptors of these cells, or she's not making enough of it, um, you know, she would begin to show symptoms of fatigue, uh, probably hair loss, dry skin, uh, becoming a poor sleeper, can't stay asleep through the night. Um, mental clarity and cognitive function begins to get a little bit impaired. Memory recall and stuff like that will often be, you know, a symptom that they come with. Uh, and then you know, probably the biggest one that I see is um, because of the wheelhouse that I play in is, is weight, weight gain. Um, you know, when you have an endocrine problem, there's usually going to be some type of metabolic machinery that has been thrown off and it's going to be, it's going to make it a whole lot easier to store fat than it is to release fat. And this becomes a really big challenge, especially for women, you know, between the ages of like 41, 42, all the way th uh, through their mid sixties is this changing of hormonal landscape and all which also often comes with thyroid dysregulation leads to a real challenge with um, them putting on weight and having a hard time getting it off. So what is the um, solution? What is the fix for this? How do you balance a woman's hormones in order to help for these issues? Well, the first thing that you need to do is figure out which ones are off. So um, sometimes that requires testing. And, uh, and the reason I say sometimes is, you know, we, we do know that thyroid, that, not thyroid, that hormone testing is a very, uh, it's not a very specific art because of the fact that if you draw somebody's blood and you look for a hormone level, what you're going to find is a hormone that has already been bound to a protein to be traveling from one place to another. 
So what you pick up is just what's in the bloodstream. It doesn't give you a reflection of the tissue concentration of these hormones or um, reserve levels or, you know, what's already uh, in a certain spot doing something. So it, 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 sometimes they can be helpful. Sometimes they can't. We're, you know, we're getting better testing out there now. We have a great test uh, right now that you know, women might be interested in called the Dutch test, where you um, take a urine sample and send it back to the lab that does this. Um, and they dry this and then they crystallize it and they're able to pull apart all of the metabolites, which would be uh, once a hormone has been used, there's going to be a metabolite left over from that chemical reaction. And they can they can get really accurate about what this whole map looks like in a woman, everything from thyroid hormone to progesterone, estrogen, testosterone, cortisol, on and on and on and on. So we, so we first might start with an assessment like that of looking, you know, where are these things off? Now, also a lot of this, Sean, comes with just, you know, clinical experience. Um, you have know, been doing this for 25 years. It's, it's, I'm talking to a woman who's 47 years old who is in the midst of perimenopause and moving quickly towards true menopause, um, it's not that hard for me to ask the right questions and figure out, okay, you know, we've got an issue here where progesterone levels have dropped too low, estrogen levels have remained high. The ratio between those two is getting further and further apart. It's causing estrogen dominance, which is gonna lead to things like heavier periods, mood swings, weight gain, especially in the abdomen. It's going to slow down the thyroid function. So sometimes these things don't actually need to be so much tested as they need um, you know, someone with the experience to guide this person and ask the right questions and kind of get uh, a feeling of where they are so that you can build a roadmap that would include um, you know, dietary changes, maybe some nutritional supplementation, maybe some bio-HRT therapy, um, that would be hormonal hormone replacement therapy. Uh, and I think that answers. Yeah, that's a good answer. Thank you for that. That was very clear. Um, one thing I always tell our patients and, you know, make it, and I, I just said about all kinds of labs and not just hormones is that lab tests are a tool to go along with symptoms and history. And, you know, my, my wife and I, we, we specialize in, in hormone replacement. That's pretty much all we do now. And you're right. Once you talk to a patient, you know, you probably do get lab tests, but you know what the lab tests are going to come back like. You know, they have, they have low libido, you know, decreased energy, weight gain around the middle, they have cycling issues. You, you know what the test is going to be. So you could actually probably treat them empirically and probably right. do just fine. And the problem with testing, like you say, is testing is just a small snapshot in time. You know, it's just what's happening right then and there at the body. But our hormone levels can change by the hour. So tests are yeah, just a tool sure. only. So, so let's specifically yeah, get point. in. Yeah. So let's specifically get into your wheelhouse is hormones and weight loss for women. Let's specifically address that. Um, what would the best way to be to address that? We talked about thyroid. Is testosterone play a part in that? Do all do other hormones play a part? Um, go ahead and discuss that. Okay. Um, so many hormones play a part. So, you know, you've got everything from, um, we can start with, 
you know, are we looking at a case where there's also some insulin resistance? So, you know, we, we are interested in the hormones that are the, when you, when you whatever you put in your mouth is going to elicit a hormone response. Uh, now, there are some responses that are far more fav favorable than other. And one of them is to that you do not want to be eating food that is hyperinsulinogenic, meaning that you eat this food and you get a skyrocketing out of your pancreas of lots of insulin, because that's going to lead to over a period of time an inflammatory state. And that's going to that's going to cause a problem. Um, the other hormones that we look at when we're dealing with, like, let's say, women in weight are the big ones would be thyroid function. And, and are you converting T4 into T3? And then is T3 accessible to the receptor sites on the cells? That, that one becomes a big, diff, big deal if we know that there's low progesterone, but there's a substantial amount of estrogen in this woman's body. We know that estrogen can compete for the same body. Looks like we might have lost Dr. Wrigley just uh, for a second. So he was speaking on thyroid function and weight loss. Let's see if we can we can get him back in um, while he is working on that. Um, we can go ahead and discuss, keep discussing thyroid issues. He was talking about um, estrogens competing with thyroid. And if you don't have optimal thyroid fun thyroid function mostly t3 level so free t3 level um you won't have optimal thyroid and traditionally what we've done with thyroid is we've checked uh tsh only and tsh only seems to be what we call the gold standard endocrinologists will will tell us that tsh is the is the gold standard um but in reality it's kind of a good uh, maybe just a check on your thyroid, but when you really want to optimize thyroid, especially if you have, uh, if you're on thyroid, which the most common thyroid prescription is T4. He was talking about levothyroxine, um, which is also known as Synthroid. Um, I'm going to be texting Dr. Wrigley while we're on the, while I'm doing the podcast so I can see if I can get him back on. Um, so, uh, so T TSH is just a it's a good um, indicate might be a good indicator of of thyroid dysfunction, but the normal TSH is 0.5 to five, and of course the higher the TSH is, it's a negative feedback loop. So the higher the TSH is, the worse your thyroid is doing. And I'll have patients all the time that have um, suboptimal thyroid clinical they have clinical um, sub suboptimal sub thyroid levels. Um, and they have all kinds of, of symptoms of low thyroid, um, but their TSH will be normal, but their free T3 is low. Free T3 is the active form of thyroid. So he, Dr. Wrigley talked about T4. T4, the most common prescribed thyroid, levothyroxine, has to be converted into T3 in order to be active. So T3 is the active form of thyroid. And um, so... If you have a normal TSH, but you have low thyroid function, like you have decreased energy, weight gain, depression, um, cold in the extremities, loss of hair, all those are low thyroid symptoms. So um, if your TSH is normal, make sure you get a further 
a thyroid panel with at least a free T3 and find out what your free T3 is because that's what's the important one. That's the important active form of thyroid that is going to make you feel better. So there again, just like we said earlier in the podcast, labs are a tool to go along with symptoms and history. Um, we don't want normal. We want optimal. And we used to treat thyroid dysfunction way before we had any kind of lab testing. So um, Armour Thyroid, NP Thyroid, they've been on the market for over 100 years, actually. Yet we've only had really good thyroid testing for less than 50. So you know, a, a good presentation of symptoms and history, uh, physical history and symptoms is probably more important than um, labs. So make sure the Make sure that your symptoms and history are are um, you know are the most important factor rather than labs are just a tool. So, Doctor Wrigley's working on getting back online. We'll see if we can get him back online. Um, he was going to talk about the hormone optimization diet too. Um, that's a new program that he is starting. And if we can't get him back on um, shortly today, we will we will definitely have him back on to talk about that. But. I tell patients all the time, it's like, look, hormones are a piece of the puzzle. Um, they are they are just a piece of the puzzle along with a healthy lifestyle diet. Hormones are a piece of the puzzle. So it's important to eat right. It's important to sleep right. And it's important to exercise. So of those three, um, sleep is the most important. We will die without sleep before we'll die without food. I've said that over and over again. That's just true. Look it up yourself. Don't trust me. It's true. Most of us can live without food for three to four weeks because we have a good reserve. Um, but we can't live without sleep for like three days uh, without going psycho, literally. So sleep is very important. And if you're not sleeping, i.e. if you're not having hot flashes and waking up at night with night sweats or hot flashes – um, you're not sleeping. That's horrible, horrible for your body. Nothing is going to get better. You are not going to lose weight. You're not going to feel better. You're going to keep feeling fatigued. You're going to have all kinds of symptoms. Um, so the most important thing is you have to start sleeping. Now, there are some ways to to stop hot flashes. And unlike a doctor like Dr. Wrigley, who fixes problems instead of treating symptoms, there are some drugs out there to just treat hot flashes. One of them is called Effexor. And Effexor is an antidepressant, actually, and it will work for hot flashes. But you're not fixing the problem. The reason you're having hot flashes is because you have a hormone imbalance. That hormone imbalance usually starts with progesterone, and later on, it, it is estrogen. So you need estrogen and progesterone to fix those hot flashes. You don't need some antidepressant. That's just putting a Band-Aid on, on the problem. Treat this, fix the problem. Don't treat just the symptom. Um, and with the estrogen and progesterone, not only will you get better sleep because the hot flash will be gone, but you'll have better uh, brain function. You'll have better cardiovascular function. You'll have better skin. Um, so many, so many benefits and better bones. And and we we always you know, talk about osteoporosis and how it's so debilitating for women. And I, and I, I'll see, you know, 80 year old women with osteoporosis or even younger than that. And, you know, in the, our healthcare system, we have done them a disservice and there is no reason a woman should have, or a man for that matter, should have be all crunched over using a walker when they're 80. We in the healthcare system have done them a disservice by not optimizing their hormones. Um, you know, so those are those are things that it can prevent too. Um, hormones are more than just preventing, you know, 
acute symptoms like hot flashes or cycling problems. It prevents long-term problems like osteoporosis, like heart attacks. And yes, you'll hear all over the all over the studies and some doctors that are not educated on hormones, they will talk about how hormones cause heart attacks because there was a what's called the Women's Health Initiative, the WHI study in 2002, 20 years ago. It was a horrible study that linked heart attacks with Premarin and Provera. Um, and Premarin, let's just get it. Let's just say what Premarin is. Anybody that's on Premarin, let's just say what Premarin is. Premarin is pregnant mare's urine. Yes. Premarin is horse pee. It is estrogen isolated from horse pee. It was um, first developed in 1947 by Wyeth Ayres, and it's been on the market ever since. There is no generic for it. Why is there no generic for it? Because we don't know what all is in it because it's horse pee, and every horse has different pee from each horse to the next horse. So there's a different um, – ratio of estrogens in there. Now, it is standardized to an estrone estradiol ratio, but there are a lot of other estrogens in there that are not natural to women, like equiline, which is only natural to a horse. Is that why Premarin causes problems? Possibly. Um, but I don't think Premarin should ever be prescribed anymore. Um, I, I educate women and educate per, pers- prescribers on it that there are better options. We have estradiol, uh, which I think is a lot better option we have S trial, which is also very important. So if you're on Premarin, um, you know, please reach out to us at the pharmacy and we will give you some options on on some um, alternatives to Premarin because I, I don't think should be be prescribed anymore because we have better options. So, But let's talk about Provera. On the WHI study, they used Provera and Provera commonly gets mixed up with um, progesterone. Even in my pharmacology book, when they talk about progesterone, they'll put medroxyprogesterone acetate under the heading of progesterones. Well, they're they're completely different. Wyeth Ayers developed helped develop medroxyprogesterone acetate to copy progesterone. Progesterone is bioidentical, natural to our bodies. Medroxyprogesterone acetate is made in a lab, synthesized in a lab to copy progesterone, but it doesn't do it very well because a little change in a molecule can make huge implications in the body. So here's one of the deals. Here's the the analogy I like to give. Progesterone in our bodies, natural progesterone. Progesterone um, literally means pro for gestation, gesterone, support gestation, okay? Without, Without enough progesterone, you cannot get pregnant. Without enough progesterone, you cannot maintain a pregnancy. So, um, and Wyeth Ayers knew that Premarin was causing an increased risk of uterine cancer because one thing estrogen does is it increases the proliferation of uterine tissue. It helps thicken the endometrium, and progesterone helps thin the endometrium to stop that proliferation. Okay, I'm just getting to know here. Sorry, I can't get a strong enough connection on their phone. Um, so, um, they're not going to be back on. I'll try to finish Dr. Wrigley's, Wrigley's uh, uh, presentation. We will have him back on to talk about the hormone optimization diet. So back on medroxygesterone acetate to copy progesterone. So why it there help develop medroxygesterone acetate because progesterone is not patentable. Any Anything that's natural is not really patentable. So they had to make a different molecule. So medroxygesterone acetate. I talked about progesterone helping support pregnancies. Without it, you can't get pregnant, okay? So what about medroxygesterone acetate? What is Depo-Provera used for? Depo-Provera is used for birth control. 
So usually when I tell a doctor that one is to help support a pregnancy and one prevents a pregnancy, they realize how different they are and the bingo light goes on. If you can take one thing one thing away from this podcast today, understand that synthetic progestins like medroxyprogesterone acetate, Provera, do not equal progesterone. And that's a perfect example I just gave you. So I don't believe that long-term you should be on medroxyprogesterone acetate. I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in progesterone. And let's talk about progesterone. I learned in pharmacy school that if you don't need a uterus, if you don't have a uterus, you don't need progesterone. Because Wyatt Dares which which is a maker of Premarin, they knew that Premarin was causing increased risk of uterine cancer. So the um, drug company said, if you don't have a uterus, if you've had a complete hysterectomy and you don't have a uterus, you don't need um, progesterone. Well, let's just think about that. Is progesterone a magic hormone that only works in one tissue in the body? No, that's crazy. Progesterone works in our brain. Progesterone works in our bone. Progesterone works in our skin and all over. Um, you know, progesterone is a neurohormone. One of the reasons progesterone helps women sleep is because of its effect on a neurotransmitter called GABA. And it's an inhibitory tr- uh, neurotransmitter that progesterone helps to modulate to help us sleep. So that's why women, perimenopause, postmenopause, without progesterone can have a hard time sleeping. I have women tell me that the first night they take oral progesterone, especially oral progesterone, they sleep better. So you don't have, you know, when you're in your mid forties and you're having other symptoms like cycling issues and things like that, and you're having insomnia, sleeping problems, you don't lack Ambien, you don't lack lorazepam or some kind of sleep medication, you probably lack progesterone and you'll get a lot of benefits from progesterone rather than just increased sleep. So so realize this, medroxyprogesterone acetate, synthetic progestins that are used in birth control pills do not equal progesterone. And most doctors, most pharmacists, they don't know that. So you need to talk to a doctor like Dr. Wrigley or a pharmacy like our pharmacy that is educated on hormones specifically. So on the progesterone issue, even if you don't have a uterus, that doesn't mean you don't need progesterone. Um, most Every woman can benefit from progesterone, perimenopause, um, postmenopause. So um, please, if you'd like more information, reach out to, to our pharmacy, Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy, and we can get you more information. So um, that's a quick one on, on, on the progesterone and on weight loss and hormones. Let's talk about testosterone, and we'll, we'll keep it to women. Testosterone is, is you know, commonly misunderstood that only men have testosterone. I'd like to think that we're getting better about educating um, people about that women have testosterone also, just less than men, that's all. So women need testosterone too. What does testosterone help for in women? It helps to maintain lean body mass, makes sense. It helps for bone density. There is no better drug out there to treat bone density problems than testosterone, period. I challenge any doctor, any pharmacist, any scientist in the world, I challenge them to find me a better drug than testosterone for building bones. When mo- Most people, when they get uh, osteoporosis, whether it be um, women or men, why do they get osteoporosis? It's from lack of hormones. It's not from lack of biphosphonates like um, 
um, Fosamax or Actinel. No, it's from lack of hormones. Same thing with men. And men lack, what do men lack? Testosterone. So why shouldn't we think that the reason men's, women's bones get weak is also from lack of testosterone? It's true. And we're taught, you know, it, traditionally in pharmacy school and med school, we're taught that it's lack of estrogen that when lack that causes bone density problems. And that is true. But testosterone is a bigger player in bone density. And think about it. When men get um, osteoporosis, it's not from lack of estrogen. It's from lack of testosterone. So women, you want strong bones? Um, testosterone and resistance training, of course. So, But testosterone helps to maintain lean body mass. It helps to burn fat. It helps to give um, energy helps for depression, helps to lower cholesterol, um, cardiovascular problems. Testosterone is amazing, and women need it too, just in a lot lower dose. But it's important to talk to a pharmacist or a doctor that knows about hormone replacement so they know the proper dosing for women. So I'm going to wrap this podcast up because we're going to have Dr. Wrigley back on. I'm going to go ahead and share his website if anybody has any information for him. Um, or any questions for him. Uh, let's see if I can get this to work. But here is Dr. Wrigley. He was on our show earlier, and because of technology issues, um, he lost his internet. He couldn't. I tried to get him back. He lost his power. I'm sorry. And so he obviously didn't have any internet. And I tried to get him back on, maybe on his hotspot on his phone, and the phone wasn't powerful enough. So, um, but stay tuned for him to come back on the show. I'm excited to have him on, and I really appreciate him being on. It's such a privilege to have guests like him. He's a here's his uh, website, drjwrigley.com. He is a functional medicine doctor. Um, his wheelhouse is hormones and weight loss for women. So um, please reach out to him if you have any questions. He's on the social medias, um, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, also. Um, so, yeah, please reach out to him. And as always, you can reach out to us at Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy. You can comment on this uh, podcast if you have any questions. Um, please share this podcast um, with anybody having any of the symptoms we talked about today or interested in hormone replacement. And watch us uh, on our the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy YouTube site and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Facebook. And we are streaming live on LinkedIn and Twitter now as we speak. So please catch us there also. And Monday on our regular scheduled podcast, we I will be traveling. So we will have our regular scheduled podcast at 8.30 next Tuesday. And we will have Robert Seek on. He is a pharmacist. And he is going to talk about the corruption in big pharma and um, how it relates, how big pharma and insurance companies are basically in collusion together to rip off patients. You're going to be really, really surprised. It's going to be eye-opening. So catch us Tuesday, 830 to 930 on our podcast, and you can learn um, about big pharma and insurance companies and how they're not your friends. So um, without that, I am going to uh, check out today. And thank you, listeners and viewers, for your patience with technology. It's always exciting to be able to work through those issues and still continue to to educate you so as always our goal at health solutions is to educate and empower individuals to make their own health choices so thank you for tuning in tune in tuesday 8 30 to 9 30 pacific standard time um uh we'll catch you there